the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Well, it's it's going to be interesting because of Chase's uh, off the chart athletic ability, right? That's what everybody's raving about. And one thing offensive linemen fear more than anything else is is speed. You know, because a lot of those guys are three. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 330 to 350 playing offensive tackles. So they can handle power a lot of times. The, the biggest issue that they have is speed. Now, when you have speed and you can convert to power in the middle of a pass rush, that's the ultimate combination. Yes, it is. Chase Young has it all. But there are some Buckeyes who don't have quite the gifts he has. They're still in the draft, and they're still going to be good NFL players. We'll try to figure out. Which ones will be the best NFL players today on a Monday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast? Good morning, everyone. I am uh, Bruce Hooley. Mr. Spielman is joining us by phone. We decided we'd uh, continue to observe for a while the uh, social distancing parameters, but uh, we think Friday would be a good day to get back together in the same location because that'll be the first day after the NFL draft. And uh, I imagine that's going to do a monster number, Mr. Spielman. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I, I think it's going to be a great number. I saw the NFL just came out with the dress code for the players. In other words, don't be dressing like I've been dressing or my wife's been dressing for the past six weeks where she's slowly converting and changing into me where I see her walking around in basketball shorts and T-shirts and workout gear with stains on her shirts. <laughs> I wondered about that. I was writing about J.K. Dobbins yesterday, and I was uh, wondering whether – uh, Jay, you know, these guys always get very stylish, very duded up. And I wondered, you know, if you're home, what do you, what do you want to wear like, you know, sweats or just, I mean, nice sweats, but you know, you can be more relaxed. I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a big deal. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of how, I don't know what you guys do for church, but I kind of get dressed up for me. For so do I, so do we. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a respect thing. Yep. And I think this is kind of a. A respect thing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying what my personal preference is. And so um, it's interesting. You talk about J.K. Dobbins. I, I saw a, a couple mock drafts where J.K. can go, go at the top of the first round. So I think he's going to be a great pickup for somebody. I really do. The, the guy, I think Malik is going to be a, a steal. Malik Harris. I was, yeah, I was a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, reading a tweet from Al Washington, a linebacker coach, a guy that I have a lot of respect for. I think he'll be a head coach uh, within the next three or four years somewhere in yep. the country. And uh, the thing, Al had a little bit of a checklist on what Malik can bring. And I think he really improved from last year to this year. Uh, he's got a great uh, knowledge for the game, a great feel. He's, a, he's big. He can run. I think he fits the modern-day NFL linebacker perfectly. I think Malik would be a, a, a really good for him. It would be really good if he goes in the second round. I think he's a still in the third or fourth round, but I, I don't believe he'll last that long, to be honest with you. I think he will be the most surprising, successful Buckeye uh, in the draft. I think he's going to have a, a long career. And uh, if he, you know, all things going his way, staying healthy and that type of thing. But I just think he's going to be a, a great player with a long career in the NFL. I think he has that kind of talent and size. Everything is uh, is there. He's the total package. Not a first rounder, but that doesn't mean he won't turn into a great pro. 
wow, you went right out on top with that. We didn't even have to go through it case by case because I got some guys I think I can tempt you with um, as we delve into the podcast. A reminder that your nominations for $250 in COVID-19 relief need to be sent to SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at WeTackle. You can follow us on Facebook. and We'd love to have you join uh, me on Sunday mornings at 930 for a discussion around encouragement and faith. I uh, did one yesterday. Really happy. Had 200 people or more. I uh, haven't checked this morning, but viewed that content. Love the fact that people are getting up on a Sunday morning and joining. We do the faith portion of the podcast at the end of the podcast. And we want to remind you to patronize our official coffee sponsor, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Uh, they are in Mechanicsburg. They'll ship right to your home at very economical rates, including free shipping if you order, I think it's $15 or more from Hemisphere. Don't quote me on that, but I know that there are three three bags or whatever you get uh, free shipping. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com is the website. They contribute to our COVID-19 relief, and I believe this Friday we'll be able to award an extra check thanks to Hemisphere as they're donating 20% of sales from Spielman and Hooley podcast listeners to our COVID-19 relief. You can also, uh, well, you can get in lieu of the 20% contribution, you can have it knocked down to 5% if you Avail yourself of the 15% discount that you get by using the promo code we tackle life in all caps. But we appreciate uh, Paul and Andy and Grace and everybody at Hemisphere. And Mr. Spielman, have you warmed up this morning with a cup of Hemisphere coffee? Absolutely. I, I went, I went uh, uh, first thing at 6.08 in the morning. There it is. Um, saying prayers, having a little cup of coffee. There you go. Excellent. Do two things at once. I, I do want to thank you and Carrie for your communication because – I think it's important to know people want to know you know how does the money get distributed when does it get distributed uh every every cent of last week's winners was distributed by friday afternoon at five o'clock wow so everybody had great job carrie yeah she does a great job with that very very conscientious and she knows i get freaky about that because i i want it in people's hands as soon as possible so you get her the information and she knocks it out of the park as soon as she can. So it's it's been a, a collaborative effort from between all three of us, and um, the efficiency of it is um, we've improved on that since <laughs> I would say since week one when we originally started this. So yeah, uh, that's really cool. We got about a day, about thirty six hours left in the Big Ten uh, championship ring uh, auction coming up. So. If anybody knows anybody that can help us get over 40000 and be quite generous with an offer, that would help me so I wouldn't have to sell any more stuff. <laughs> it would be great. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens and moving forward in that. So lots of good things are happening. So I just wanted to give you a little update on that and uh, how proud I am of all of us for drawing the winners in the morning and having checks and bank accounts in the afternoon. It's efficient, and I love that. And we have emails in the inbox by Friday night from one of our winners, Barry. Uh, Barry says, Bruce and Chris, I thought I would share the email I received from Hannah when I notified her that she had won $125 in this week's drawing. Now, he had nominated two roommates of his daughter, so they split That's the right. 250 yeah. Okay, so yeah. they each got $125. So here, uh, one of the roommates' names is Hannah, and here is the email from Hannah. Mr. Yeeter, wow, this is so cool. Thank you so much for the nomination. Abby, that's Barry Yeeter's daughter, uh, had asked how she could pray for me, and I said that God would provide no matter what that looks like. I really did not see his provision coming in this form, 
but I'm really thankful for it. God is good. I hope you are staying safe and healthy. Thanks again for the nomination. So there you go. That's how people's faith grows when they, you know, put something out there, have no idea how it's going to get handled, and out of the blue from a person she's never met comes a a check for $125. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we'll keep going. Yes, we will. Keep going. And I have something in the faith program of, uh, again, a little more elaboration on why I chose, I guess, 40 weeks to do this. So we'll save that for the faith portion. Very good. All right, back to the NFL draft and the Buckeyes. So you're taking Malik Harrison. All right, let me run through. I I, I think they're going to be a lot of Buckeyes very productive in the NFL as um, somewhere between I – don't, uh, I don't use the term journeyman as a bad term. four to eight years, you're a really talented player. And I think there's a boatload of guys in that category for Ohio State. Let me just run through some of the guys. We all know Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, J.K. Dobbins. And you alluded to J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Some say top. Joe Burrow. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Don't want to cheat us out of a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Bucky Brooks NFL draft uh, mock draft has him going to the Chiefs 32nd. So uh, Super Bowl champs taking J.K. Dobbins. So he might go in the first round. Uh, he's certainly going to go in the second round. Once the running back run starts, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, they're all going to go off the board really quickly because people are willing to wait to take one until one goes, and then they're like, okay, we got to get one of the three. Yeah. So J.K. is kind of affected by does a team deem him the best and take him first? They might. The Chiefs might. Uh, might somebody take Jonathan Taylor first? Sure. They're all pretty close. And J.K. didn't get the benefit of working out in Indy because he tweaked his hamstring, but J.K. put it on film. Everybody knows what J.K. Dobbins can do. Here are the other Buckeyes, though, that I think are going to play. I would say all these guys are going to play. Mm, Well, let's just go through them. Robert Landers, four years or more in the NFL? I say yes. Probably. Okay. Devon Hamilton. Defensive tackle, four years or more in the NFL, I say yes. I think probable with all those guys because once you're a defensive tackle and you get on film and you're decent, uh, you 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 can bounce around if you're not yep. a starter. You know what I mean? Because yep. of the depth that's provided. And just on that note, you know, a guy that really has been quiet and been on the practice squad for a long time is Jalen Holmes. I don't know if the folks on Buckeye fans remember Jalen Holmes. But Jalen Holmes made a, a position change from a defensive end in, in college to a defensive tackle with the Minnesota Vikings. Got to play a little bit last year, really shined, and really should get a great opportunity this year. So uh, if you can if you can get on a team and, and you can be a contributor as a defensive lineman and get on film, uh, teams will pick you up and you kind of just, you know, you're you're like the – it's like the ultimate security position for teams to have a guy that's productive because of the rotation involved with interior defensive linemen, especially. You you agree with that? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guy that I, this is not an exact comparable, but like Frosty Rucker. Frosty Rucker played a long time in the NFL, yeah. and you know Frosty Rucker, really good college player. Hamilton and uh, Holmes, really good college players, and so. I think they're going to have long careers. I told you I was uh, on a plane ride with yes, Buster you did. Rucker. Yes, you did. Great guy. What a, what a nice guy, man. I just had a 
the greatest conversation with them. I love it when when I can meet somebody that's walked kind of in the the same journey that I've been on with Side Frosty, and he introduced himself uh, to me. Um, it was like I've known the guy my whole life because you can talk the same language, yeah, you know, and and, sim- and share similar experiences, which was really cool. I'm sorry, I digress, but go ahead. No worries. I want to get that in. I think it's really cool to share that, actually. But go ahead. It is. Uh, it's a very cool thing that you guys all have in common, and I think Jonah Jackson, uh, the transfer from Rutgers, who played left guard for Ohio State. I think Jonah Jackson's going to play uh, for a long time on the offensive line in the NFL. It's hard to tell with those guys sometimes. Uh, it's a it's really a uh, a position where unless you are say Quentin Nelson, remember Quentin Nelson? Yeah, Notre Dame. Name, the, the, Went to the Colts. Pick with Colts, yeah. Unless you're that dominant, I mean, to me, I think Jonah has a great chance. I just don't always know how offensive linemen can uh, grow into that position because it's such a different game in the NFL of uh, the type of player that these guys face week in and week out. So, for example, hey, Jonah, you got Aaron Donald <laughs> this week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, good luck with I, that. But but every, but every guard in the NFL uh, faces that challenge every week, right? And so – but there's – there's not Aaron Donald every week, but those guys aren't too far behind Aaron Donald that they face as opposed to facing, you know, the kid from uh, Bowling Green or the kid from Miami, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's a really, and plus it's such a tech, people I don't think appreciate how much technique is involved in the learning that's involved in becoming a very good NFL offensive lineman. I'm certainly, Jonah's more than capable of doing that, but some guys can make the transition, and some guys can't. Uh, see down in Cincinnati where Billy Price has been the guy that kind of has struggled uh, trying to make that transition. Yeah, that surprised me. Big time surprised me. Um, but we'll see. You're right. I mean, when yeah. you look at uh, when the lineups come on TV on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, I'm always struck where the interior linemen come from, the centers and the guards. Yeah. Those are the schools you're like, huh? What? They're like, they're not, not all the time. Wisconsin, Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Tennessee. They're your, you know, Joel Batonio. I think Nevada. Uh, you know, they're just you find them and they got to have a quality. What the quality is, I can't put my finger on. But uh, you know, it's that's to where to me you find a lot of surprises. All right, we got. Uh, all go, right, go I'm ahead. just going to say the quality is when you see why you see a lot of those guys that are from maybe less uh, known schools is because they might come in as an offensive lineman at 250 pounds, but they're a really good athlete, Mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden you turn around, they're 310 pounds after four or five years in the program, and they maintain their athletic ability. Uh, The one thing you have to be to play in this league as a center, you better be an athlete. That's why we see centers in this league most of the centers in this league are the lightest guy on the offensive line. And they're probably the most athletic guys on the offensive line. Guards, you can be a little bit of a mauler, but you better have some athleticism with you or you will not play in this league because the athletes that you're blocking are 320, 330, 310 pounds that are quick off the ball and that are, are 
in, uh, lower center of gravity guys usually are interior guys. How many interior guys you see that are like six five, six six? You might have DeForest Buckner, who's an outlier. Yeah. But most of those guys are around six one, six two that play with great leverage. So it's a really difficult position to play. Uh, I think it's an underappreciated position when you have really good guards in this league. All right, okay, now sorry. we move to the three wide receivers from Ohio State, okay. and I know who I am going to pick to have the longest and most productive NFL career, but it'll be interesting to me to see if you pick the same guy. There's Austin Mack, there's Ben Victor, and there's K.J. Hill. Uh-huh. I think you're going to pick K.J. Hill. I am. And I, I know why, because K.J. has been a model of consistency. I think the one thing, the one question, Mark, and I could be mistaken on this, I usually am not mistaken on my uh, football stuff, but I might be. This might be one of those rare moments. One of those rare moments. I'm not, you know, I'm not a two-time state champion, but I, you know, I did finish fourth in the state and in fifth, excuse me, in the shot put in the state. Very nice. 11 and a half. Uh, played a little you know. football in the NFL. I made Pro Bowl a few <laughs> times and all pro a couple well, of times. College Football well, Hall of Fame. I suppose that qualifies well, you to weigh in by, on wide receiver. By the way, a uh, – we're moving. I, I think I told you that. Yeah. So we're pack, packing some stuff. So I was going through some old plaques. And uh, Macy was helping me. And uh, I'm throwing a lot of it away or donating it or whatever. And I found my fifth place fifth place shot put trophy for state champion shot putter in fifth place. Very nice. And she, she looked at it. Hey, I'm throwing this away. I go, why? Dude, it's fifth place. <laughs> <laughs> she did not fall far from the tree, did she? <laughs> you, you got a little tear formed in your eye at that. I tell you, that's when you pat yourself on the back of the bird and say, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> oh, you are right. I am taking K.J. Hill. I'm taking him because he plays in the slot, because he's got really good hands, because he's productive. He, he didn't run very well, if I recall. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, and so I I love KJ. I think uh, I just think he is as reliable as reliable can be. The one thing I get nervous about Bruce is now he might be that guy. I was that guy that played faster than he was, mm-hmm. right? And I think KJ has that ability. It's just at that position, I got to tell you, man, teams. You know, some teams will overlook 40 times. A couple places where they don't look overlook 40 times is uh, in the secondary and at receiver. I mean, even slot guys, even slot guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that he'll have a better chance. That's a good point on your part. He'll have a better chance. Uh, he's a pure slot guy, obviously. Um, I just, you know, he was in mid four sixes, right? Yes, he was. Yes, he yeah. was. And, you know, I mean, when you got defensive linemen running in the mid four sixes. But, like I said, I think KJ is more of a guy that, okay, I know that my 40 times not great. I just need to get on the field to show people. I just think he's going to drop in a draft because of his 40 time. If, well, I'm not predicting other, how high he'll go in the draft. I'm predicting how long he'll yeah. play in the league. Well, here's the other problem. I, I was reading the article um, from Bob Quinn, the general manager of the Lions, and I think KJ will get drafted. But this is, you know, later draft picks and, and undrafted free agents 
are going to have a little bit more of a difficult time this year because from my understanding, at least uh, from what I've read, that there's not going to be off-season programs where these guys will have an evaluation period all through like June, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and uh, training camp might be shortened just a tad or they might shorten preseason. I don't know how it's actually going to play out, but I'm just – the scenarios, it doesn't uh, benefit – guys that might be undrafted free agents or later rounds because they don't have the evaluation period coaching staffs and and personnel people don't have the evaluation period that they might have but i'm not saying kj can't do it i just think right now the odds are against him but he would be one of those guys that once he does get into camp and once he does get on the field uh he can certainly show uh, his ability because he doesn't drop the ball and he runs really good routes and he's really shifty okay what about mac and victor uh, size uh, is a big benefit for those guys. I, I like Mac. I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, Victor, there's things that I love about him and things that I kind of shake my head sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a guy that's really gotten better and improved. I believe that uh, Benjamin became more committed to being a great player the longer he was at Ohio State, which is oftentimes the case. I don't know if that was the case when he was younger all the time, but I thought he really uh, turned into a a really good player uh, by the time it was said and done. And, you know, we talk about wide receivers as DB or Ohio State as DBU. I mean, Ohio State can make an argument for wide receiver you too, can't they? Well, SI.com did a 10-year study on – you know, that, which school is the U for a certain position. And they found Clemson is number one at wide receiver, which you'd expect, uh, with, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, and I can't think of another one, but I know they got a couple. Uh, uh, the, big, the Michael, uh, the big one. The Mike, uh, Mike, uh, yeah. Mike Williams, and then they had a yeah. guy who was with the Steelers, that uh, Martavis Bryant, I think, was a yeah. Clemson yeah. guy. Uh, but Ohio State was number two, and Ohio State, didn't have a first-round draft pick. They, now, they're just going off last 10 years, so we're not counting Ted Ginn. We're not counting Joey Galloway. We're not counting Terry Glenn. They're going off yeah. the last 10 years, and well, they're... Chris Carter. Chris, one. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Carter, supplemental pick, NFL Hall of Famer, or Pro Football Hall of Famer. So, yeah, so that's, you know, to be number two and not have any number one picks, first-round picks, uh, and obviously none of these guys are going to go in the first round. Ben Victor ran a 4-6, uh, but he's a, you know, he's a tall guy, really tall guy. I don't know. I, I, I'd be surprised if he lasts a long time in the league, but it wouldn't surprise me if Austin Mack did. I think he's the surest thing for me. Austin Mack? Yeah. I just think he's smooth. I, I like him. I mean, it's just, again, it's what you prefer, what you need. Uh, it, it, all these guys are going to get a shot, and so ultimately it's going to be up to them. I think another guy that's going to surprise a lot of people and that will go, I would say he'll be off the board by the middle second round is Damon Arnett. The other corner. Oh, I forgot Damon Arnett. I'm sorry. Yeah. Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett will play a long time, long time. That's why I'm here. Yes. Thank you. Very good. Excellent. Yes. We should write a book called that. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, and, and I think Damon's a guy that has, uh, benefited from coming back. Played a year. No doubt. uh, Played well. Um, is is uh, when you look at the mock drafts, I think 
at one, I, I counted six or seven corners coming off in the first round. Mm-hmm. And and so I think Damon is plays a position that is highly uh, valuable. Teams need them. They collect them. And Damon is a fierce competitor, which you need to be at that position. And I think he can play outside or he can play inside. So uh, that's a guy that I think that will will play for a long time. And the thing about playing corner, too, is, you know, one man's hamburger is another man's steak. Yeah. You know, because there's – they're so hard to find. So now he ran a find. four. He ran a four five six, which right. that's that's yeah. not great. I mean, that's that's no, not. I mean, you're ideally you like your corners. I think at the very least, and this believe it or not, some people that don't follow it like you and I might see. Well, what the heck's the difference between a four five one and a four five six? Well. You know, unless you have long arms or you can, you know, negate some of that lack of speed, four, five, six is on the slow, slow end of the spectrum as a corner. But I think Damon has the, the footwork and the technique where if he's not an outside guy, he certainly can be a, a, a slot corner or nickel corner. And I think Damon Arnett bought himself a lot of uh, goodwill by playing with, you know, the broken wrist all season long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a toughness test, and teams are going to like that. That's going to help. Yeah. That's going to help him. Now, well, Jordan he played, Fuller. He played. Wait, with Damon, he 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 plays ticked off too. Yeah, I mean, he plays like he's proven a point all the time. Which you know, that's the kind of guy that I I like. He played uh, just uh, angry, and you know, I'm not good enough. And Akuda, not not that he's saying this. I'm just thinking in my mind, if I were Damon, Jeff gets all the attention. What about me? Not using that as a negative, but using that as a motivator for himself. So, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And then Jordan Fuller ran, uh, well, it's a very slow time. There's no there's no way around it. 4.67 is not a good time to run. No, it's not. It's just, and that's the premium. I'm, uh, Jordan will, will be in camp, I'm sure, uh, but he's in camp because now he has a label of being a slow safety. Yeah, so we'll see. He's got to overcome that. Yeah, he's got to overcome that. I mean, that's just the way it is. But there's going to be a lot of Buckeyes taken. Let's run through the list. Damon Arnett, Malik Harrison, Robert Landers, Devon Hamilton, Ben Victor, Austin Mack, Jonah Jackson, K.J. Hill, Brandon Bowen we didn't talk about, and Jordan Fuller. That's 10 guys besides the three that we know are going to go in the first two rounds, Dobbins, Okuda, and Young. And that on draft day, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm sending tweets out left and right. And yep. there's another one taken in the NFL draft. And yep. there's another one taken in the NFL draft. Yeah, and he was asked about that Wednesday. How much do you use it? And he's like, use it a lot. <laughs> you know, well, how do you think they're pulling these guys from, you know, Florida, Texas, California? One of the top five guys, because I've seen him rated number one overall. I've seen him rated third overall. He's a defensive lineman. He's from mm-hmm. Seattle. And, you know, the predictions are he's coming to Ohio State. They just picked up a kid last week from Katy, Texas, who's now playing at IMG Academy. He's a top 20, you know, defensive lineman. Uh, they got Jack Sawyer out of Pickerington. They are just absolutely crushing it in recruiting Ohio State and Clemson. Ohio State and Clemson, and I'm not going to, you know, take Alabama out of the mix quite yet, but. Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama are going to be starting every season as odds-on favorites to reach the college football playoff. Wow. 
it's 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 how you build programs and that's a credit to urban i think urban elevated what coach trussell did and it's ryan's biggest challenge is to is to keep going what urban started right but how do you keep that going is that your number one recruiting tool and if it isn't their number one recruiting tool then they're not as bright as i think they are is you sell that we train you to be in the nfl that's the number one recruiting tool. It, and anybody that says it's not is lying. Um, I get all the, you know, come to Ohio State, you know, get your degree, play for national championships, which is, is truthful. But it's not to play in bowl games because we know that guys are getting ready for the NFL. Ohio State has some guys in the past, and I don't blame them one bit, that have set out bowl games so they didn't hurt their chance mm-hmm. to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so let's be honest about it. And I, I, I would embrace the NFL shield, uh, not distance myself from that. I would embrace it 100%. And each time a guy gets drafted, if I'm Ryan, or if he's not running his Twitter account, whoever is, get on there and say, that there's another one going to the NFL. Thank you, Ohio State. So, you know, that's why you want to be a Buckeye. By the way, speaking of Ryan's Twitter account, did you see the video that played on Ryan's Twitter uh, I think it was like Friday night. It was about three and I a half not. minutes long. I did not. Oh my goodness! You got to go to his Twitter and watch it. It'll give you chills. It's this was so well done by Ohio State's video department or their football video department. It is a takeoff on the Dr. Seuss book. Oh, the places you'll go. O being O H, yeah. and it's basically rallying people in the state of Ohio. Hang in there. Social distancing is not going to last forever. Oh, the places you'll go, and it's built around. Eventually, you're going to be able to return to Ohio Stadium. Eventually, we're going to have football back. Pretty much every iconic play of the last 20 years in Ohio State football is in that video. There's Zeke Elliott against Alabama. There's Gonzo's catch against Michigan. Uh, there's Beanie Wells running for a touchdown against Michigan in the game of the century. There's Troy Smith faking to Beanie and throwing to Ted Ginn. Uh, there's uh, Ken Dorsey getting sacked by C. Grant on the last play of the 2002 National Championship game. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's just everything. Keith Jackson's in it, and, and they have the end. The really cool thing is they have, when Zeke made the run against Alabama, they transitioned from that to just like Joe Fan, some dude in his living room, like jumping up and down because he realizes that Ohio State just won the national championship because it puts him up two scores with just a little bit of time left. I mean, it is so well done. So I'd highly encourage you to watch that. And if uh, you're listening to the podcast and you haven't seen it, Ryan Day's Twitter is at Ryan Day Time. It is it is phenomenal. So uh, go and listen, uh, go and watch that. I'm going to try and track down the guys who actually did the nuts and bolts work on that today and write about it for si.com yeah good uh okay so let's uh i want to read you an email here from uh because we've talked about nominations for covid19 relief we've gone through our buckeyes in the draft we're going to transition here to the faith portion um but i wanted to read you this email because it kind of gets us into the faith portion and it also merges with the covid19 relief this is from uh, Trooper Randy. He says, I hope you and your family had a blessed and healthy, healthy Easter. The situation we're in as a country and our world we find ourselves in is a weird one. While most of what we see on the media is doom and gloom, I am continually not seeing it that way. 
You and Chris both speak of this daily, but it is really happening. Every day I see and hear of great things people are doing for one another. A Reynoldsburg food pantry flooded this week, and they lost a lot of their stock. Numerous community members pitched in and donated and helped get things back and running. I see people dropping stuff off for neighbors. I see people decorating their vehicles and driving by a house in a makeshift parade for a four-year-old girl's birthday. People are really helping each other and being kind. Uh, it's really beautiful, and you both are contributing to that. We can only hope this kindness and selflessness continues after all this settles down. I hope when my children are older, what they remember for this time is not that the world was sick, but that the world was kind. That is really well said. And I and share that belief, share I that hope. All, well, Randy's out there in the front lines, yep. right? And and so we appreciate Randy's. I do appreciate his, his service. Uh, not only, I think the world is healing, actually. I think it was, the world is sick. And I think it needed a healing. And I'll, I'll share a little bit of those thoughts. That was something that was sent to me by my wife, actually, which I realized in prayer why the number 40 kept popping into my head. And it's, uh, it was really uh, an aha moment. It's been out on the Internet, but I, I didn't see it. And somebody, and Carrie sent it to me. And, you know, this whole 40 thing is, was God given to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I did, before we get into that, <clears throat> I, I, you didn't watch it. I know you're going to watch it. I watched the last dance last night. Okay. This is the um, Jordan documentary of the second three Pete. Yeah. Nine no, part. No, I think. No, 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 This is going for number six. Okay. Going for the sixth title, wrapping up the yeah. second three Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd sit there and like I was watching it with Macy, who's a basketball player. The other girls have, you know, zero interest, which is fine. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not their thing, right? They, they're watching something else, which is their, whatever their passion is. Go for it. But Mace obviously is, is basketball. By the way, today's a big day for Macy. Just thought I would share this. This mm-hmm. podcast will get a little bit more personal. She uh, has a doctor's appointment at one o'clock to uh hopefully be cleared and re- fully recovered from her acl injury 100 percent. she's gonna be full go yeah i think that's gonna happen today yeah so, excellent so well it's it's just been her own little journey and you know mm. your daughters have come back from injuries mm. i know katie's had injuries in the past and and this is you know the first time that she's ever had to face any uh, adversity the first time that she had to sit back and watch her team play mm-hmm. on the bench and there was nothing she could do. And I couldn't have been more proud of her response where I, of course, when that happened to me, when I was a freshman in college, uh, I missed a bunch of games. Um, I broke crutches and ranted and raved and why is me? And Oh, woe is me? why this happened to me, all that crap, where she was the total opposite and how she handled everything uh, actually was the student um, giving the teacher a valuable life lesson. Hmm. So it was, it was cool to watch. And so hopefully to say a quick prayer for today, maybe the listeners can too, that everything is going to be uh, back to normal. Was this injury uh, October, September? When did she injure herself? July. July okay. 24th, 
had surgery on, I think the like 28th or 20, no, it was middle of July, I had surgery at the end of July. So the end of April marks nine months and nine mm -hmm. months is kind of the target of coming back from an ACL. Um, so Dr. Pete Edwards at Orthopedic mm -hmm. One uh, is going to stop by. She's going to get a, a strength test and she's been training and rehabbing. And I, since we were practicing social distancing, uh, lucky for her that I've taken over the rehab program for the last <laughs> six weeks and <laughs> sticking over the bath, taking over the basketball training in the driveway for the last six weeks. Oh boy. And, uh, yeah, you know, like just yesterday, here's what I love about her. You know, she's not leaving the driveway until she nails five threes in a row. There we go. And if we get a hometown bounce on the rim, that doesn't count. It's got to be pure. Swish. Yeah, it can't be. It went in she, and her thing. That didn't count. That didn't count. So. Excellent. I know. But anyway. I can't wait to watch her play. I'm just yeah. I'm just thrilled to watch her play. The, the, the last dance, and I was sitting there, and um, I realized, and there's probably a lot of, uh, people that say this, a lot of athletes, I realized watching that, and it took me back in time a little bit because, you know, the Jordan era is my era a little, mm -hmm. little bit. He's slightly a bit older than me, but he epitomized everything that I was, the mindset. I obviously didn't have the skill level that Michael Jordan had. Nobody has, in my opinion, but his Will, his competitiveness uh, and his talent makes him the greatest, one of the greatest athletes of all time. And because of his competitive will matched his skill level, right? And I don't think you can say that about LeBron. I'm just being honest. I mean, I just don't think LeBron is the same stratosphere as Michael Jordan when it comes to that. And two things really stood out. I don't want to spoil it for you, but you remember he broke his foot in the 80s? Yes. Remember that? Yes, yes. And he, they limited him like seven minutes per half, and he was having an argument with Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf, of course, the owner. Jerry Krause was the general manager, and Stan Albeck was the coach back then. And the argument was that he wanted to play more minutes, begging to play more minutes. Now, think about the athlete mindset today compared to Michael Jordan's time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they, Reinsdorf tells, tells the story, and they had Michael Jordan comment on the story, where he said, Michael, if you had this awful headache that said, if uh, I have 10 aspirin in a bottle and you have this headache but you knew one of the uh 10 pills would kill you nine of them would you'd be fine you'd get better would you still take that risk and michael jordan said it depends on how bad the headache is yeah <laughs> myself that that was me you know that was yeah everything he said everything he did i just sat there and and, and again i'm not you know I'm not comparing myself anything to Michael Jordan, but I'm talking about the mindset. 
and the and the obsession that he had in the in the love of the game. And the biggest lesson that I learned, and people forget that uh, every guy to a man that talks about Michael Jordan talked about that every time he, and you've heard me say this, Bruce, every time he crossed the lines, he crossed them to win. It yes, could sir. have been a, 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 an exhibition game in Paris. You know, it could have been a practice. Then to watch him, and they had film of him in practice. And when guys weren't given effort in practice, and just think of this and, and the difference between Michael Jordan's mentality and Allen Iverson's mentality. We're talking about I, practice, I, man. Yeah, I just I can't wait for you to watch it because I, I just I want you I want, I can't wait to hear from your perspective as covering athletes your most of your adult life and being around some of the best athletes in the world, right? And you've seen some great players play like I did. And I just can't wait to hear your perspective on him. And it made me realize how much <laughs> I looked up to Michael Jordan. Then I then I was starting to reflect back in my time in Detroit. And Mace asked me if I ever seen him play. And I said, Mace, I broke a rule of mine when it was Michael when Michael Jordan was in Detroit and the Bulls were playing the Pistons. She goes, What rule was that? Like I've never used uh, my celebrity in Detroit at the time to get a ticket to anything ever. You know, I would be like, I just didn't like doing that. I never did it to get a dinner reservation, never did it to whatever. And I said, the only time I broke that rule was when Michael Jordan was in town and I would have somebody call somebody at the, the Pistons just to get me good tickets for the game. For the pure reason, the only reason was to watch uh, a hero of a sports hero, let's keep things in perspective, obviously, mm -hmm. a sports hero play because I wanted to see the greatest competitor of all time up close and in person. And I just, all that, watching that last night refueled everything in me of why I love that guy and why this is not to be disrespectful by any means. But he and Le LeBron James are not in the same stratosphere far as i'm concerned as competitors i would agree with you i think lebron's grown into it but i always felt like jordan wanted to win because he just winning meant more to him winning was just i want to win because it's winning yeah lebron wants to win because it furthers his brand and it furthers his i think that's part of lebron wanting to win i just do i think lebron well, wants to win yeah. not just purely for winning but because of what accolades come with winning or what recognition comes with winning or what everybody knows he's supposed to. I mean, I think Jordan is driven to win. LeBron is driven for LeBron. For I, the brand. It's just even the mindset of like Pippen was holding out and usually like if players are holding out, other players will be like, hey, he's got to get his, you know. Jordan was ticked. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for you to watch it. Well, I'm interested uh, to watch it to see how I view Jordan because, honestly, like, I couldn't stand Jordan because I wanted the Cavs to win. I didn't want the Bulls to win, and he kept the Cavs from winning. I mean, he just did. Yeah. And so I could not stand him as a player, and I oh. denied his greatness. Um, but I saw I a comment the other day from Sam Amico, who covers the Cavs for SI.com, and Sam said... You know, I love Jordan. I hated Jordan. So I'm going to be interested to watch this. And I thought, that gets to my emotions. Because I couldn't deny he was a great player. 
but I didn't like him because he kept my team from winning. So now that we're you know decades past his prime, I'll be interested to watch it. Uh, is the language horrible? Because I want to watch it with my daughter, and that'll really no, bother there's, her. There's, no, it's just a few f bombs. Okay, I mean, but it's re- I, I, I think when when I tell them, when we're watching that with my kids, I just tell them, hey man, this this is just that's that's real life. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna put a plastic this is just me. I said, it's not, I'm putting a plastic bubble around. You guys know that this is, but they're, you know, and I can't believe when you watch it, I don't want to ruin it for you. I'll only make this other point. I forgot how much Jerry Krause was despised. Oh yes. Despised yes. And, and disrespected in some cases, deservedly. So some cases over the top, it's just real. It's a real, the thing that's beautiful about this documentary is it's, it's pro sports that are so real and to have the, uh, I, you know, my, my love for Michael Jordan and who he was and what he stood for is just from a sports pr- perspective, yep. Bruce, just, d- d- I don't know. I don't know a lot about Michael personally. And I think he, he kept it that way, uh, which is another thing why I like him to be honest with you, because he's private and he didn't get political. He didn't do it. He just, he just was a fierce competitor, but I can't wait for you to watch it. There's, there's a few, it's not like the first thing that comes to my mind was the language in there. It wasn't overly bad. You'll hear a few F bombs, but nothing, uh, nothing over the top in my opinion. I mean, and I'm pretty like you, I'm pretty protective, but not, I'm also pretty liberal when kids watch movies. But anyway, I want your perspective because I was just reminded of how much and why he is my sports hero. Well, I look forward to it. I'll watch it. Uh, My daughter Katie wanted to watch it. She asked me, she said, can I record this so we can watch it? I'm like, sure, we'll watch it together. Yeah, that's really good, man. It's really good. And it's just uh, those guys and what a leader he was. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. Amazing to watch. You're a Uh, fanboy. Wow, I don't hear you gush like this about anybody in the sports realm. I, it, it because I was reminded last night of, and I just was reminded and learned some things about him that I didn't know. And I thought to myself, you know, that's my soulmate, sports soul, kindred spirit, animal, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> because of just the the injury thing. Where if they told him, just did that analogy of Michael. I have 10 pills. Uh, nine of them will cure you. One of them will kill you. Are you still willing to take that pill? And yes, of course I am. Sure. Why wouldn't I be? And that was, that was, I had a conversation with the general manager of the Detroit Lions, that almost exact same conversation. I'll never forget it when I had the torn pack, when they wanted me to sit out. Uh, in 1995, mm-hmm. and I, and it was it was the exact it, it. But his analogy was a cancer analogy. I had the exact same conversation. I'll never forget that conversation. <laughs> you know, oh, and, that's and great. That's, I just think that's why maybe that I was just amazed in why I love him. I, I think he epitomizes what I tried to be. And 
fortunately or unfortunately, I was. Last dance, to, and it's every it's every night on ESPN here for however no, many parts. Sundays, it's on Sunday nights. Okay, so they're not going to show. It's not the second part's not tonight. Yeah, no. So watch the the first two parts were last night. Watch the first two parts and come back with a report on uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday, I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Okay, and, and you tell me if there was never an athlete with the mindset of Michael Jordan. All right, at this point in time, I'm sick of Michael Jordan, so. We'll see how I feel about him after watching Last Dance. Well, if you don't love him, we might not have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll factor that into my filter. Well, just, no, just under, I just want you to understand the mindset. And because I, it just, it just, uh, that's what I wanted to be and I tried to be. Well, it'll be good to watch it with my daughter, Katie, because uh, she's, off to a good start in her sports career, and I want to. You know, we'll see if what lessons she takes competitively from it. I'll be interested to get her reaction to it. So we'll give yeah. you a full report on Wednesday. Well, uh, here's, here, here's the lesson I told Macy. That's what you need to be like. Yes, I figured it was. Yes. <laughs> I think Macy said she's throwing away plaques that say fifth place on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wanted to read you one last thing from Trooper Randy's email because it'll uh, it reminds me of to mention something and then we'll get into the faith portion of the podcast. He says, uh, "I remember as a kid seeing a Ziggy comic strip where he says we'll have rain we have rainy days so that we can appreciate the sunny ones more. This is a rainy period in our world, but it seems as if people are finding ways to be the sun for each other. As a Catholic, we are reminded constantly of Matthew twenty five forty, where Jesus says, "What you do." For the least of my people, you have done for me. Uh, really a cool email from Trooper Randy. I wanted to mention, uh, obviously, our sponsor is Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, and we want you to order from Hemisphere. But a longtime friend of mine, uh, Tom Kurtz, runs Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils here in Columbus. They are giving people 38% off uh, buying mulch in bulk. So if you go take a trailer, you buy you know a yard of mulch, two yards of mulch, they'll give you 38% off. 38%. But they give it to you in a gift card, a Visa gift card, I think it is, so that you will spend that money at local restaurants. So it, you know, the idea is to help uh, small businesses and restaurants stay in business during this challenging time, which I thought was a cool thing that they're doing. They're a very charitably minded company. Uh, they do a lot of great work in the community. I just wanted to mention that because uh, Kurtz is a great company and Tom's a dear, dear friend. Um, and we like seeing people who are mission-oriented succeed and see them extend their kindness out into the world and do what they can for everybody. So Trooper Randy's doing that by serving in the way that he serves. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is doing that by buying direct from growers. And Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils is doing that. So if you're buying mulch, you're buying it for a church, for a business, or whatever, buy it from Kurtz Brothers. I think they're in Dublin, Westerville, Alexandria, and just off I-71 south at Frank Road. I still have that live read stuck in the back of my forehead there, or back of my head there, Mr. Spielman. Well, you're a creature of habit. I am, and I love Kurtz Brothers. They're great people, Jerry Bennett and Jeff Stemmler and uh, Tom Kurtz and everybody there. So uh, 38% off, and you'll have, uh, hey, pretty cool. You can bring dinner home for the family. Um, get your mulch for 38% off and help uh, a business stay in business because, boy, uh, 
we're talking about getting back to normal. I think we're going to resume activity, but it's going to be a long time before we're back to normal because, unfortunately, the the unemployment numbers and everything are just staggering. Um, the reverberations appear that they're going to last for quite some time. So if a company can help another company stay in business, I think that's great. So shout out to Kurtz Brothers on that. That's amazing. It really is. So just thinking about others uh, uh, beyond yourself, which is awesome. So, uh, you want me to start out? I do because I know you have a time constraint today, so uh, we might have time just for yours today. So, uh, what do you have for the people in the faith realm? So, Carrie sent this out to uh, our inner circle yesterday, and she found it. And so it's been on the internet, but it's uh, it really struck home to me because of my our journey of forty weeks that we're on. Of giving forty thousand dollars in forty weeks away, and it starts out like this: the official lockdown started March twenty third and will likely end May first. That is exactly forty days. Wow. The Latin root of the word quarantine is forty. So, what does the Bible say about forty? The flood lasted forty days. Forty years, Moses fled Egypt. Forty days, Moses stayed on Mount Sinai to receive the commandments. Exodus lasted 40 years. Jesus fasted for 40 days. 40 days for women to rest after giving birth. A group of theosin thinks the number 40 represents change. It is a time of preparing a person or people to make a fundamental change. Something will happen after these 40 days. Just believe and pray. Remember, whenever the number 40 appears in the Bible, there is a change. Please know that during this quarantine, rivers are cleaning up, vegetation is growing, the air is becoming cleaner because of less pollution, there is less theft and murder, healing is happening, and most importantly, people are turning to Christ. The earth is at rest for the first time in many years, and hearts are truly transforming. Remember, we are in the year 2020. And 20 plus 20 equals 40. Hmm. Also, 2020 is the year of the United States Census. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was born during the census. Lastly, 2020 is perfect vision, right? You hear people say, I have 2020 vision. Mm -hmm. May our sight focus on the Lord in living according to his perfect vision for us, knowing he holds us in the palm of his hand. May these days of quarantine bring spiritual liberation to our souls, our nation, and our world. And so that kind of defined why this number 40, when we first started our little quest, kept popping into my head for some reason. That is powerful. Send me that. I want to share that with my family. Okay. Um, that's really good. Really, really good. Uh, I don't want to even attempt to add to that. I'd like for people to reflect on that and to... Uh, to ponder that, uh, because I think it's very deep, very meaningful, and hopefully we yeah, can you, capture that mindset going forward. All right, man. Good stuff. Good to talk to you. We'll talk Wednesday. Uh, I'll give you the full yeah. report on Last Dance, and then Friday we'll be back together again as we reflect on the first yeah. round of the NFL draft. And I do real quick on, on Friday when we are back together, uh, I do want people to know that we and I do believe us as Americans and getting back and get moving here that 
we are responsible people as a whole. And that you and I will practice that responsibility where I'll go from my driveway to your driveway and we'll practice social distancing when we're doing the podcast. But, you know, we eventually got to move forward and move forward responsibly and uh, exercise caution and respectfully be back together and where we can be on a mic and they're in the same room to draw four winners again. So absolutely decided that that. Uh, just because we're back together, uh, we will respect what the president and the governor are asking us to do. No doubt about it. Great to talk to you, my friend. Have a great day, everyone. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you again Wednesday here on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. <laughs>